Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings, Marley mates, and welcome back to the podcast, Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead, where this week we will join our Facebook Live that took place on 14 June of 23. That's right, I will capture the audio from that session and turn it into the podcast for your listening pleasure. That episode, if you were unable to tune in, features some pieces, three pieces as a matter of fact, inspired by and influenced from the Back to the Future franchise. And, uh, yeah, we talk about a lot of things and we kind of go down a handful of tangents or two because that's what we do when it's live and you never know what, uh, people are going to throw at you. So I'm going to go ahead and play it for you. But before we do that, you know, I mentioned on this show several times how I am, um, utilizing my artwork among other things to try to walk a path of wellness, right? And that means everything from my sobriety, which I've talked about, um, not to, to go down too much of a, uh, a serious path, but, you know, meditation, things of that nature, just trying different things, running, you know, artwork, what have you. So it's, it's all part of trying to be a better version of me. And part of that is I've always wanted to learn how to juggle. But, you know, some people tell me that I'm too afraid to learn how to juggle correctly. But the fact of the matter is, I just don't have the balls. I don't have the balls, Coral. Let us join the uh, Facebook Live from 14 June, already in progress. Listen. If it looks like chicken, tastes like chicken, smells like chicken, and Chuck Norris says it's beef, then it's beef. And you, I don't care. Jesus may walk on water, but Chuck Norris swims on land. Hey, I'm sorry about that, folks. Hey, welcome back to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, Facebook Live. Here we are today, right now, coming at you live. And it's been a couple weeks. I've missed you. You're looking good. Oh, wait, that's me. But you're looking good, too. And uh, comments will appear here as soon as they do. As far as I know, until then, I'm just talking to myself, which is fine. This is fine. I can talk to myself. 
I've talked to worse folks. I'm kidding. That's not true. That's not very nice. Jess, welcome. Kim, getting after it. Excellent. So, I uh, am excited to be here again this week, and I hope that uh, we have some fun, because as Bon Jonesy said, you always say you have fun when you're doing your piece and so forth. Well, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong, right? So, that's, uh, that's words to live by right there. But I'm going to talk about three pieces this week, and they're completely non-traditional. And I know most of my stuff is probably somewhat non-traditional, but uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, a medium unlike anything that you've seen on the show before, anything that we've talked about, anything that you have listened to. And at the end, we're also going to reveal what you, the listeners, have voted on as your name, the name that you wish to be addressed by and uh, talked to, uh, talked hard at, rather. We're going to talk about that. We're going to reveal that. So stay tuned. Stick around. So before we get started, uh, I want to thank you all for coming back. I'm going to set this down and we'll get right into it. So I made a little promo video over the weekend when I was hitting up a thrift shop and I kind of gave a little bit of a hint as to what we were talking about. This week, I took influence from the Back to the Future franchise and I'm going to share three pieces with you, all influenced by either the films themselves or the time machine. So let's get started. First and foremost, I'm going to talk about this guy right here. I've always wanted one. Now I have one. A hoverboard. So what I did was I was able to track down on Facebook Marketplace a vintage skateboard. And, ooh, there's one of those little floaters. Oh, I almost got it. And what I did was I removed the wheels and I filled the holes, primed it, and then I drew it out as to the layout for the hoverboard. And I'm going to set this down for a second, but as I've mentioned in previous shows, I have a hoverboard on my wrist here, uh, and it says, out of time, where a watch would be. So... To say that the Back to the Future franchise has been an influence in my artistic uh, influences is an understatement. And I'll tell you that when I turned 10, I got a Back to the Future 2 skateboard for my birthday. It was a hoverboard, not like this, but like one of the hoverboards that was used in the chase scene with Biff's gang. And I still have it. And it's pretty cool. It's, uh, it's very cool. And it's actually in remarkable shape considering how old it is at this point. But I've wanted a hoverboard for a very long time. And the thing of it is, it's like scientists, what are you doing? Right? It's like they're not even trying. Why don't we have hoverboards yet? So I made this one. Of course, it's just a prop replica. And it's as, uh, it's as screen accurate as I could get it based on... Uh, what I was working with. And so it obviously has elements of a regular skateboard. You probably can't see it well in the video, but it is textured. It has the non-skid uh, grip at the top here uh, over the, the, um, the top side of it. And I used not only just acrylic paint to detail it, but the Mattel logos are just printed off and I attached them. Everything else is paint with the exception of anything that's three-dimensional. So this foot pad here is actually 
uh, two different pieces of quarter inch foam sheets. So I've got black with green and then the foot strap is a piece of felt that I got that was pink that I basically folded over and I bas I just attached the two with hot glue. And then on the, on the bottom side, I did the same thing. There's far less detail in terms of the paint job, but then for the, the embellishments, I also used various thicknesses of foam sheets and kind of just stacked them and layered them to give that depth and dimension. And yeah, so that's, that's my Back to the Future 2 hoverboard. So Marty McFly got into some shenanigans with this, with this fella right here, but um, you know, so much for that sports almanac, right? So are you going to show us your hoverboard? Like the other one that I have, is that what you're talking about, Jess? The real one, the, the one from my birthday? I would love to show you, but it's currently in storage, buried deep in the archives of all my other stuff and things. So I might be able to track down a picture of it. I, I may have a, a, a picture from not that long ago that has it in it, and I will post it on the, on the page so that you can see what it looks like. But it, was, it very much resembled one of uh, those that was used in Biff's game. So the next couple of pieces that I have are similar yet different. What I mean by that is that they're model kits. They're cars, but they're not the DeLorean. They're not the time machine as you would think of. This was an opportunity now where I took two very well-known television and movie vehicles and I converted them into time machines. But I did a crossover piece. Oh, the Schliffmate is watching. Welcome to the show. And what I did was I took two well-known pieces that uh, you will recognize immediately, but then I gave them characteristics and different embellishments, I guess, to help make them actually resemble what a time machine would look like. So let's get to it. I... Well, first, I don't know which one to show you first. What do you think? One or two? You tell me what, which one you want to see. One or two? Just throw a number up there. They're not associated with anything. All right. Number two, Kimbo says. All right. Number two. The number one in our hearts. I'm going to go with the Ecto-1 time machine. All right, so what I did was, Jess says three, you're trying to mess me up, kid. All right, so here we have the Ecto-1, famous from Ghostbusters. And as you can see, it's got some very weathered paint, right? It's got some, some significant markings from having traveled through time. The wheels, as you can see, are now horizontal and fat fingers. Oh, I doubt that. And... Here we have the exhaust panels from what would be used to time travel. But wait, there's more. Check this out. Boom. The bitch lights up, right? Can you just see that? Like traveling through time, busting ghosts? Hey, I got an idea. Let's have a sing-along. I'm going to sing the opening music to Back to the Future. Feel free to join in. 
All right. Damn it, Meg, will you stop that? That is so annoying. All right. Turn it off. So let's go. All right. What I did was I mounted this on a, I don't know if you can tell, but there's a little clear plastic cup. All right. So when I display it, if I were to set it on the hoverboard, it gives the impression that it's, that it's suspended. And so obviously you can see it, it's not completely crystal clear. But what I did was to make it resemble a time machine, in addition to the wheels, in addition to the lights, the, the back pieces, what these are, are those really thick, heavy duty uh, binder clips that would be used to, uh, alligator binder clips, to more than a paper clip that would hold a huge stack together. I took old discarded phone line and I spliced it, affixed it to the top. So there's all these different line action working here. And yeah, so the lights again. I will absolutely show some stuff from deployment, just not tonight. But uh, yeah, so there's the Ecto-1 time machine. What is the second piece that you ask? It's the General Lee. Oh, snap. Boom. And there it is floating to you, the General Lee time machine. Just not tonight. All right. So I have lights on here, too. Boom. And the Dukes of Hazard was my all-time favorite show until 2010 when Walking Dead came out. So I did the same technique here for, um, I can't emphasize this enough. Yeehaw, brother. Too funny. I uh, did the same type of deal, right? I've got the discarded wiring so that it's mounted on, on there. And then I did a little extra love in the back here. So you got Mr. Fusion. You've got the same binder clips used for that same action. And the wiring, the wheels, the lights, and the plastic cup, so that you have the impression of a floating, flying General Lee time machine. So they can chase Boss Hog through time. The Duke boys and Uncle Jesse are gonna stop off at the boar's nest, grab a pint, wait for this to all blow over, take Daisy and jump the Beggar's Canyon. So what I did was, in addition to Mr. Fusion here, I added some parts and pieces that were just left over from old model kits to kind of church it up and give the impression that it's some type of functional piece, but it's not. It's just fun, just whimsical. It's just a crossover, generally, and Ecto-1 time machine, Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2 influence. And there you have it. Man, that went fast. We're only 12 minutes in and I've gotten through all three pieces. So that was uh, that was the deal. And to say that Back to the Future is a staple in influences that I've had is, is an understatement. And I, I've mentioned that before. But the, the films themselves are brilliant. They're practically perfection. Um, it's the type of thing that fans wish that they could have more. 
of. And I think on one hand, they want more sequels. On the other hand, it's, it's sacred and don't want it to be touched whatsoever. Back to the Duke's Ghostbusters. Yeah, all of the above. So I have a lot of model kits that I do because it's, it's one of those things where the, the models are fun to build, but I get the creative license of the paint job. The paint job is where it really comes together for me. And moving a lot, they typically tend to break or pieces will come off and I have to do maintenance and, and, and kind of and, uh, put them back together. And so that's kind of what started this. This is why I decided to, to manipulate these. I, I've had these for years and years and years. And a couple of the wheels broke off and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Glue the wheel back on again or let's try something different. And I don't even know how the idea got me. It was no, it had nothing to do. Like I wasn't like watching the film or something. I actually saw, I think it was just some photography of an old car in the, like one of the wheels had just like fallen off and it was on its side. And I think that's what really kind of gave me the idea of just turning the wheel and then illuminating it. So these were just some cheap LED lights from Dollar Tree and it did the trick, right? I carved out uh, a piece of the underbelly and added the, added the, um, the control pack and then just wired it through. Yeah. Just ask what my favorite Back to the Future film is. Definitely two, um, which is interesting because if I had my choice, I wouldn't go into the future. I don't want to go into the future. The present's bad enough. I would love to go anywhere back in time, anywhere but here. I've always felt like I've always belonged somewhere else in time other than the present. And the world is a dumpster fire. I'll try not to be too, too, too dramatic about it, but yeah, that's kind of the deal. Would I like to go into the future just to kind of see some stuff and things? Maybe. And it, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth because the future, the present, the now, brings us the opportunity and capability to do things like this. Facebook Live. This is the stuff that you would have seen in movies that were made a long time ago that we would do in the future. We're talking, right? You see people talking into their freaking watches. Well, I'm pretty sure that was done uh, quite some time ago on most science fiction pictures. But I really would prefer to go back in time to something that's simpler. Um, I love the idea of the first film, minus the part where he, you know, kisses his mom and stuff. That's, that's a little too much for me. Not really into that. But, you know... Yeah, Star Trek. Thanks, Cooch. I wasn't going to say those words out loud, but yeah, that's that's the deal. Uh, but Star Wars is far superior. Everybody knows that. It's science. But yeah, Back to the Future 2. A lot of fun. And I think it was primarily because of the hoverboard. Um, also, perhaps you kissed my mom with that mouth. <laughs> uh, I love that the, the DeLorean now flew. I love how the wheels just like rotated. Marlugal. Hot tub time machine. Too funny. You got it, Nick. Yeah. A time machine, hot tub would probably be a lot easier. I don't know. John Cusack, he, he's hit and miss when it comes to those time machines. You know what I'm saying? Especially in the hot tubs. That guy, he gets handsy. But it's fine. This is fine. Um, but yeah, that's those are the three pieces this week. So for those of you that joined late, uh, I did. I won't go into great detail about it, but I want to, I'll just show it. Um, and you weren't late, you were otherwise detained. But I made this hoverboard 
replica based on uh, the Back to the Future 2 hoverboard that Marty uses in the chase scene. And uh, Doc, I got to tell you about the future. About the future. He's over there. Sorry. It was Star Spangler anyways. I thought it was Doc, but it was the Star Spangler. That guy. Right? So, yeah, those are the three pieces. Hoverboard, replica prop, a couple of crossover model kits, General Lee, and the Ecto-1 converted into time machines. Make like a tree and get out of here. I tell you what. Here's, here's some money, right? This is a great story. I'm glad that was a perfect segue, Cooch, to, to introduce a little Biff action. When I was stationed in either, it was either Rhode Island or Connecticut, but it was, I was volunteering. I had volunteered for six years at the Rhode Island Comic Con between both uh, places that I was stationed. And it was, it, was a, it was fun to watch the show grow because the first year that I did it, it was in Providence, and it was just at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, the Dunk. And then there's a there's the Dunk, and then there's the the center right next to it. They're connected. And over the course of the time that I volunteered over all those years, it expanded. It, it doubled in size. And so at, at one point, um, my dad and sister helped volunteer at a couple of shows, and so we got to do those together. And that was that was awesome. Got to meet a lot of super great celebrities. Um, Lots of great experiences all around. Good time. Super fun. Um, really neat. So one of the last shows that I did, second to last, I got to do crowd control um, for Christopher Lloyd and Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson being Biff, right? So I was specifically in front of Christopher Lloyd. And uh, at the end of the show, he uh, usually volunteers, if, if you're helping out a celebrity guest like that, they'll do you a solid and either take a picture or sign a, sign a picture for you, something like that. And he, he signed uh, a piece for me, and it was super nice. Super cool. Um, but right next to him was Tom Wilson, hey Jazz, and he was hilarious. He was just coking and joking. He was essentially Biff, like, without being a, a dick. He was, he, was a, he was just funny. He was just very loud and boisterous. Anyways, there's, there's a fellow by the name of Vermin Supreme, and this guy is a performance artist. He uh, has resided in the New England area for many, many years, but he's, he's like run for office and he's, he's tried to fill these government positions and he's just, he's a character. And he wears these crazy ass clothes and he's got a big wild beard and he has like, his motives are like dental hygiene and, you know, renewable zombie energy and, and unicorn research and like all this crazy stuff. But his, his claim to fame is he wears this great big rubber boot on his head and it's like coming up and it's like the foot is like coming at you. So Vermin, Vermin Supreme, look him up. You won't be sorry. He's, he's, a, he's clown shoes. Anyway, so he's like in line and this is before I really knew who he was. My good buddy Cooch like actually told me about who he was as a, as a, like all of his shenanigans and stuff. But I just saw this guy at the show. I just figured he was just another nerd decked out in his, his attire. Right. So he gets up to the line and without even missing a beat, Tom Wilson's like, what are you looking at boothead? And it was classic. I, I was dying. Everybody was just rolling around. It was, it was classic. Anyways, it was, it was money and uh, too damn funny, but yeah, vermin Supreme. He's a character. Jess asks who the biggest celebrity met while working there. So 
that's that's a kind of a a toss up, I think, because I've met several and I've worked with many, uh, and not all at that show uh, at Rhode Island Comic Con, but other shows kind of in the area and in other places that I've been. Uh, the very first person that I ever was a, a guest liaison with was Danny Glover, and he was a class act, super nice guy, just a gentleman, and like it was like every other person in line asked him to say his line, I'm getting too old for this shit. And he's probably said it more times than we've seen pine trees combined, and yet he did it every single time with a smile on his face and just, just a big, great big heart. Um, super nice guy. Another great team, really. Uh, this was... This was the last Rhode Island Comic Con that I had worked at. My dad and I were with, um, for those of you that watched The Office, Kate Flannery, who plays, um, really? Plays, uh, help me out here. Are you kidding me? Meredith, anyway, sorry. And Creed Bratton, who plays Creed Bratton. That's his name. So we, we worked them together, and they were awesome, super kind. Super, super pleasant, uh, very gracious, very grateful, all about their fans, and it was it was so nice. It was just it was really uh, a joy. Worked with them for a couple of days, but other shows. Um, I met Lou Temple. He is in several Rob Zombie films. He's in um, he was in Walking Dead for a little while while they were at the prison. So he was he was one of the prisoners there as they encountered that. And I met him at a in Virginia, the Hampton. It was in Hampton, Virginia, at the Haunted Screams Expo, a couple years ago, right before I about a year before I retired. And he was a class act, super cool. Um, yeah, super cool guy. And yeah, it's just Ryan started the fire. She wrote that on the the autograph that she that she signed for me. Uh, I don't have it handy. I wish I did. I could. Hold that up and show you, but she was she was super cool. Uh, met Bobby Campo. He was in um, the Final Destination film that takes place at the amusement park. He was in that that sequel. Uh, in fact, he and I grabbed a couple of beers after the show once, which you're not supposed to do, but whatever. That's, that's in the past. Um, as is my drinking. So he was super cool. Met plenty of the, the artists that were on the Sci-Fi Channel show Face Off. Uh, met plenty of them. Those were, those were great guys. Um, Abraham, yeah. We met uh, Michael Kudlitz. He was cool. Um, it's, 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 I don't mean to sound smug about it, but like I, it's almost at a point where I've almost forgotten more people. Than, oh, I, I tell you what. One time I was working in the green room where... The celebrities would just kind of come back and forth and have lunch and hang out while they were kind of like off the clock, not signing stuff and, and visiting with folks. And I was just hanging out there, just making sure that people were who were supposed to be there were there and people that weren't were not going, coming back there. So Ray Park came back. He plays Darth Maul from Star Wars Episode One and and Solo. And um, he came back there and. He's like looking at, at the food selection and he's like, hi. And nobody else was back there at the time. It was really quiet. It's kind of after lunch. And so he's kind of, he came back and he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm Ray. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> um, but he was just super cool. And I wasn't going to fanboy out and like just 
you know, be obnoxious. I was just, I was there to, to do a, a job. So I, even though I was volunteering, I was taking it seriously. And I just kind of hung out there and he, he would ask me a couple of questions just to be friendly and kind. And, and he was, he ate his lunch and then somebody came to get him and it was time for him to go back out on the floor. And as he was walking out, he just, he kind of turned around and looked at me and he gave me a wave. And like, it was, it was super simple, but like people put celebrities on a pedestal and they're just normal folks most of the time. And there's been some, some douches for sure. Like I luckily haven't had the experience of running into any douchey people, but, um, yeah, it's, it happens now and then, but you know, it's, it's just a thing. And people want to come out and see their, it's, it's kind of weird too, because like, it's kind of like looking at animals in a zoo. Most of the shows will have, uh, their, their premium lineup, all their, their big stars. And they would have like kind of a, a separate area because you're going to have a larger crowd. And then everybody else is just kind of like the supporting cast. And they're just like rows of tables for people to just walk up and down and, and meet. And so some, you get the whole gamut, everybody from, you know, movies and television, but you also get voice actors, like animated voice, voiceover actors. You get um, comic book artists, a lot of different, different talent. And uh, yeah, musicians, met Meatloaf there, uh, D. Snyder. I ran into D. Snyder. He, I was going into the bathroom. He was coming out from Twisted Sister. That was really cool. Uh, not the bathroom part, but just, just to see him. Uh, yeah, lots of folks. Uh, I'll tell you, though, that one of the very coolest ever was just a small little show. It was the South Coast Toy and Comic Show, and it was, I think it was in Massachusetts, uh, I got to be the guest liaison with Gil Gerard. And for those of you that don't know Gil Gerard, he was TV's Buck Rogers. Yeah, you bet, Jess. Rip meatloaf. Uh, TV's Buck Rogers. And with him was Felix Sila before he passed, who was Tweaky. Um, and it wasn't a very busy show. And so he and I just sat there and just kind of talked the whole time. And at the end, uh, again, he signed a picture for me and it was super cool. And... He, uh, he had Felix sign it too. So it was a picture of both of them. And then I took a picture with the two of them and it was just, it was super cool. It was really, really great dude. And, um, yeah, just lots, lots of great stories like that. So yeah, if you haven't had the experience to go to a Comic-Con, big or small, you don't have to necessarily go to the Mecca, which I've never been to the San Diego Comic-Con, which is just like the dog's balls, like you don't get any any bigger than that. There's local shows everywhere, all over the place. And a great way to kind of get some behind-the-scenes action and typically some free admission is to volunteer. Like most shows will have some type of a volunteer program where you you have you know a certain amount of time that you have to fulfill. And then from there on out, you get free admission to the rest of the show. You have your volunteer badge and you just come and go. And it's, it's pretty sweet. And if you play your cards right or if you're lucky enough to be hooked up with a, with a celebrity, um, that can often be a pretty cool thing. Very cool. So check it out. Or even just go and nerd out. Just like there's nerds of all ages, all shapes and sizes, every genre. Like it's, when I, it's Comic-Con, yes, but it's, it's so much more than comic books. Like in fact, comics are probably among the last of anything that's even on display, right? You'll find some comics there for sure, but you're going to see everything from toys, which is right up my alley, uh, anime, video games, movies, wrestling. I've seen tons
tons of wrestlers. Oh yeah, when we were when we were doing uh, uh, the show with the office folks, Ric Flair was like two tables down. It was like it was like him. yeah, there's tattoo artists there. There's usually like a whole bunch of tattoo shops set up, um, movie props, different memorabilia, things like that. But yeah, two tables down. I think like the next table was Elvira, uh, Cassandra Peterson, and then next to her was Ric Flair, if I remember that correctly and you could hear everybody coming to see rick because they're all dropping the whoos like every everywhere you go like you're hearing it left and right nerds and uh it was great it was a lot of fun i gotta quit saying that ah i'm not gonna stop saying that have fun do fun stuff that's what i'm talking about get out there go take pictures with nerds there's hot nerd chicks there too just met elvira that's awesome just was she in or out of uh costume was she cassandra peterson or was she elvira because she's um she's been at a lot of shows she's doing some stuff um trying to think of of where else you know people can check it out but you know there's there's stuff everywhere big shows small shows and they're usually run over the course of a weekend typically friday saturday sunday most most of the time not in costume that's cool She's still, she's still good people. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so much going on. Take the kids. Don't take the kids. Go dress up. You got to dress up. You don't have to, but it's fun. Everybody else is, and who cares, right? Do what you got to do. Have fun. Honey Badger don't care. You're going to see a whole range of cosplay. You're going to see everything from a dude being screen accurate, ready to like walk onto a movie set, and then you're going to see some dipshit that put together a cardboard box costume on his way to the show. Who cares? Nerds are just out there in their element. Those are their people, and they are just doing their thing, and that's awesome. Just have fun and let the haters sit in the parking lot. Not in costume, Jess said. Oh, you already said that. Sorry, I thought you were talking about uh, who do I dress up as? I've dressed as several things. Um, I have a pretty cool piece that is, it's kind of a crossover, but it's it's two different iterations of the Planet of the Apes franchise. And so I took uh, the concept of Battle for the Planet of the Apes no, Conquest for the Planet of the Apes, where <clears throat> there, the different types of apes are in different colored jumpsuits. So the, the chimpanzees are in these green one-piece coveralls, and they've got very specific markings on the pockets and the zippers. So I got uh, a green set of coveralls. My mom hooked it up, and she, she sewed on the embellishments. And then I got this really sweet high-end mask that looks more like the current version of Caesar from the, the newest trilogy. And then I got some, some low-end gloves and I modified those so that they were more um, articulate and I was able to move my fingers and stuff. And then I got, my mom actually, she took some faux fur. She made me a hood so I could put it underneath the, the mask, put the mask on over top. So I've got just a seamless uh, fur neckline. And then I put a collar on there. So it, that was that one's kind of cool. It's hot, so hot. That Caesar is so hot right now. Uh, another thing that I did was I once got a low-end clone trooper, just off-the-shelf costume, and I modified it into this rogue bounty hunter. Uh, I, I did some serious work to the mask, or the helmet rather, to all of the... Um, 
the armor and then I added a cape to it. I, I built like a, a holster and I got a blaster and that was, that was pretty cool. I think one that I'm most proud of is, and I didn't even really do much for any of this other than assemble the gear is, uh, as Rowdy Roddy Piper. So I found a, a kilt at a thrift shop. I got the hot rod t-shirt off of Amazon. Uh, I just wore my, my Navy boots, pulled some red socks up, had a, a black faux leather jacket that I put over top. And then I made this championship belt. I got just like a cheap, um, just a cheap flimsy belt. Nothing super badass like this mamma jamma. Why, why is this doing over here? Why, why didn't I pick this up sooner? You guys should have said something. Anyways, and then uh, I took some like some foam and I, I made the, the leather around it just to make it that much better. And uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty sweet. That was pretty cool. But it had everything. It had, it even had like the pouch for the uh, the kilt, the whole nine. It was, it was, it was sweet. But I've dressed as plenty for shows. I'm sure there's more than that. Um, I can't even remember everything. Been doing that for quite a few years, and it's been it's been pretty cool. So you don't have to go big guns to to have a good time, but it's fun. So now what? Do you guys want to hear some news? Are you interested in knowing what came about from the votes? Because we had quite a few people suggest different names to refer to the listeners as. So I'm prepared to tell you. Um, I don't know if you if you really want to know just now. I'm not sure. Like, should I should I wait? Should I hold off and announce it some other time, or should you know? You got anything else going on tonight? No? All right, well, here it is. Here's the, here's the deal. Uh, it was a close race. A lot of people voted on different stuff. People hit me up in the DMs, as they say. And uh, as it turns out, Marley Mates has it. So Marley Mates, or Marley's Mates, are the, indeed, greatest podcast listeners on the planet coach it's too late for the harambe's <laughs> you're out of control maybe you should start a show we'll call you your your folks that but yeah so marley mates welcome aboard you have a you have a title you have a following that's pretty huge so i wouldn't be here without you without marley's mates the marley mates schliff mate is throwing the confetti there. Um, thank you. Thanks for all the support. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming back for more. And uh, I hope you stick around. New episode drops on Fridays at midnight, which is really kind of like Thursday night at midnight, but uh, you know how that works with the clock and stuff and the midnight and the thing with the thing. But yeah, this next one coming up is uh, it's two original pieces. And one of them I did uh, a little over a year ago. And, uh, <laughs> and then one I did just a few months ago. Does that make me the cooch mate? Yeah, definitely. The cooch mate for sure. For shizzle. Indeed. Indeedly doodly. So... Does anybody have any questions for me otherwise? Is everybody satisfied with the Marley Mates? 
I'm hes I'm, I keep going back and forth if it's Marley's Mates or Marley Mates because Marley Mates kind of flows better. And it, it's like, I can call you that. Like, ahoy there, Marley Mates. You know, I was just trying it on a little bit. Um, Marley's plural sounds good. I got the double thumbs up from the Kimbo. So, good stuff. Um, Kimbo, by the way, your mermaids are good to go and ready to rock. I'm a hard talker. You d you sure are, Nick. I don't care what anybody says about you. You you talk the hardest. Bless your heart. You're a good fella. Keep it up, dude. But yeah, what uh what else you got for me? Any questions or any thoughts? I've done quite a bit of work lately, and I'm excited to to share it with you. I think. Right now, I've got three episodes in the hopper, so by the time this one makes its way to the audio into the into the podcast, um, several weeks will have gone by. We'll be summer will be almost done by that point, which is fine with me. If we can get through it sooner, the better. On to the Halloween, bring it, baby. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, and next time you see me, I'm gonna have a little bit more ink. Yep, gonna get some love this weekend. Right about y'all. Gonna fill in some of this stuff in between. Working the sleeve from the hand up. So we'll uh, we'll send some pics along. But yeah. Fourth of July special featuring the starred Spangler. Oh boy. Should we do that? Should we do like a, a... But people are probably gonna be celebrating. They'll probably be like watching the fireworks and stuff. I won't be, I'll be fast asleep. Starred Spangler, he may be around. Um, we might be able to do a, a special because I think that's going to fall on a Tuesday, right? Fourth. We can make that happen. We can do Fourth of July Tuesday live, right? Why not? It's my show. I'll do what I want, right? Uh, the day before, however, I'll be seeing Weezer live in Canadagua at the CMAC. That's right, Weezer. It's going to be most excellent. I can't wait. So fired up. It's going to be just an awesome experience. I have not yet had a chance to see Weezer in my life, and they're my all-time favorite band. So, yeah, got to make it happen. Make it happen, Captain, you know what I'm saying? But I like that idea, Coach. I may just have to see uh, – I'll, I'll talk to the Star Spangler afterwards. Um, he usually does a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, but every now and then he'll come out and, you know, surprise you. So I'll see what he's got going on if he doesn't have any matches or anything. Uh He's still recovering from a steel cage from uh, a couple weeks ago at the at the toy show. He he got into it with somebody there. Whoop! I had to put that down. That that Joker's heavy. It's making my making my gangsta lean kind of go from one side to the other. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what that means, but I heard that somewhere. All right. Well, it is 7:40, and uh, we've talked about a lot. Very little about what the show is going to be about, but. I, uh, I do appreciate you tuning in and uh, good talk about Comic-Con. Thanks for, for going down that path with me. I'm not even sure how we got started, but either way, I'm down with it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let me check my notes here. What else did I, uh, did I fail to say? You know what? I, I took notes. I always write things down to keep me on track and I never look at them or I rarely look at them. But in case anybody was wondering, the hoverboard is 28 inches long and eight and a half uh, across. And so as long as I wrote it down, I might as well tell you. Oh, yeah, I guess it would help to also tell you I finished this on 26 February of 23. The models, 
I finished them on 28 January of 23. So one last shot. I will also post these pictures of uh, these dudes in action on the Facebook as soon as we're done. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Any oh by the ways before we wrap it up for the night. Thank you again for, for tuning in. And uh, I, I do appreciate the support. I can't say that enough. And it, it means so very much to me that you're, you're here uh, time after time. So if you, uh, if you keep listening, or in this case, keep watching, I'll keep talking. And um, here's to you, Marley mates. And I encourage you, as always, talk hard. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy, and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.